Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to may have adult language and discuss adult themes not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. And now, fall is upon us to talk college football from the highest points in the country, presented by the Far End of the Bench Podcast and the Variety Sports Network, your home for Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference football, featuring Jimmy Pilato and Rev the Problem Coca. Season 3 of Top of the Mountain Podcast. Oh, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in live to another episode of Top of the Mountain. Told you we weren't going to miss another week. We didn't have to. Rev and I here. Uh, Rev, the problem, Coco, my co-host, former college teammate at, if you couldn't tell, Western. I'm not biased at all. I have no idea why people Never think that biased. I'm biased on this show. No, we don't get to post this in the private Western Colorado fan chat on Facebook. That's not something that we have available to us because we played there. Uh, of course, <clears throat> we we are going to get you set for the new week of RMAC football. Last weekend had a couple wild finishes. Uh, we're going to talk about the games that we had on that we uh, previewed. We made picks for. We're going to talk players of the week just like normal. Take a look at the standings. And uh, we picked two brand new games. But Rev, I don't know. Did you see the news? They found who shot Tupac. They've arrested the suspect in the Tupac Shakur shooting. LVPD finally doing their job 27 years later. Oh, yeah. Only took long enough. However, I think what's very funny about it is the person who did it, they actually caught a hold of one of his DJ Vlad videos in which he was kind of talking about witnessing being there. And he was like, well, when he got shot, it looked like he was breakdancing. And I just think it's funny that over all these years, DJ Vlad has gotten a hold of so many different rappers and artists and gotten them to self-snitch on themselves. So, yeah, 20-something years later, and the culprit seems to have finally been gotten, you know? Tupac is not hiding out in Cuba with a hidden identity. He, We know who did it. So. Yeah, it's good. It's good for that sake. It's weird, though. Like, I, I didn't realize we were still looking for him. I thought after a certain amount of time they were just going to stop that was the the Chris Rock bit that I used to love. If you want to get away with murder, just shoot somebody in the back and put a demo tape in their pocket. They yeah. hate looking for the murderers of rappers, and and we did. We found him. Uh, I'm sure Mike Tyson's now at ease, knowing that it, we we know who it is. The funny thing that I saw, uh, I saw the Skynet report. They so the guy's name is Dwayne Keefe something. His, his street name is Keefe. They spelled it K E F F E. And I've been on Urban Dictionary before. That's not how you spell Keefe. That's that's not what he was. E-E-F. It's E-E-F. It's not K-E-F-F-E. <clears throat> All right. I think that's enough of, of the other stuff. Let's get into what we're really here for. Uh, last week, taking a look at the players of the week, two of them come from Colorado Mines after an absolute beatdown of CSU Pueblo. It, it really uh, – we had – I had peop, boots on the ground, reporters in the crowd, uh, just started off, you know – not good and it didn't get better they had a couple so here's the good thing that you could say about about Pueblo and I'll put this out there as a teaser for when we actually recap the game uh first time that they have been stopped inside the red zone all season they were a perfect 15 for 15 and Pueblo stopped them a solid one time in the red zone but offensive player of the week no surprise John Matoka former Harland Hill winner 
uh, the redshirt senior, super, super, super senior out of Magnolia, Texas. He went 26-34, 326 yards, three touchdowns, 43 rushing yards, uh, threw touchdowns of 40, 25, and 19 yards, and it, they just were able to score whenever they wanted to. He, he had two receivers that had 100-yard performances as well. So if he, if he wasn't the one throwing it, McLeod or Shiley, I hope that's I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, they could have possibly Shiley, yeah, yeah like that. they could have been in the, in that spot. They were, they all had big days. That's it, it's a it's a crazy what happens when you have a really mature quarterback. I think that's what we've seen. Uh, it's it's different this year with Western, but that was kind of what Connor Desch brought to the table, being the experienced leader that he was. And now Matoka, he he basically he seemed like a senior from the first time that we played him. I remember his true freshman season. And watching film, and they're like, "That's not a fresh." I we have two freshman quarterbacks. They don't do that. And Matoka is continually. He's kind of just continued to get better. I don't think there's ever been a lull. Obviously, they've been to the playoffs his entirety of, of his starting tenure. They've won RMAC championships and, and been to the national championship. But Matoka, offensive player of the week, well earned. Defensively, they had Jaden Healy. I think we've, we've mentioned him a couple times. Uh, Redshirt junior linebacker out of Allen, Texas. He, let's see, strip sack with a forced fumble, pass breakup, and a 37-yard interception. Yeah. Uh, first interception also, uh, it came just before halftime. They were up 31-7 uh, early in the third quarter. He's he's a dude. That, that guy, I, I know that we we talk about D2 football. The, their D2 defensive linemen, is, if you're athletic – because pros sometimes see you and you're like, oh, you're big, you're athletic. We could teach you how to play here. He could be somebody that down the line, if he's not picking up a six-figure oil job, he, he may be getting a tryout somewhere. We might be seeing his name. This won't be the last time that he's in a marquee spot in football, I, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Some of these guys could definitely, even if not an NFL spot, there are these – you know, emerging USFL, XFL, which I believe are going to merge soon. Like, there are opportunity out for these people. And, well, to add to what you were saying before for the positives of Pueblo and then being able to stop Colorado Mines in addition to that, at the very least, Matoka threw his first pick against Pueblo. But, yeah, besides that, it was a schlacking, and I turned the game off after that Jaden Healy pick six and was just like, I know where this game's going to go. Like, respect Pueblo and some of the talent they got, but they're getting out manned up front, especially when you've got a team as established as Mines. And clearly they're a little way – they're a little ways away when it comes to the rebuild. But, hey, maybe this week they could get things a little back on track because they've had a very front-loaded schedule. This is technically where it's supposed to get easier. Um, that's going to be one of the games we preview. By the way, Matoka back-to-back offensive player of the week – and by the and also by the way, by the way, by the way, Mines has had of the four weeks, five weeks now of the season, they've had a player of the week on offense for four of those five weeks. So doing everything that they want to to everybody and more. Um, special teams player of the week went to Black Hills State kicker Coleman Chapman, four for four on field goal attempts, including a fifty yarder. Uh, which inevitably led to the 25-23 victory that we're going to probably transition to right away. So he was special teams player of the week. This one was, we both said it was going to be close. We both said that whoever wins this matchup is kind of emerging themselves as a possibility to challenge for that two, three spot in the conference because Mesa had a couple big wins back to back. And this was going to be who continues their winning streak. 
Black Hills has another big game. That's why they're going to be another game of the week for us this week. Um, but they got it done, 25-23. doesn't matter how it looks. I don't know if you were able to catch any of this game. It was on at a little bit later of a time, but I have the box score um, pulled up. So Colorado Mesa never had the lead. Uh, Black Hills ended up <clears> – <throat> actually took the lead late. Black Hills ended up coming back, so shows a little resilience there. But it, it was definitely a, a slugfest like we thought. The defenses played really well. Uh, Black Hills just able to establish themselves in the in the running game a little bit more so. But Colorado Mesa had all the chances to win. Over 300 yards passing just came up a little bit short. Uh, I don't know what else to say right now. It's good, but I do think this shows the youth and that inexperience because Mesa was an established program for a long time. They had a head coach there for over 20-plus years, and they got rid of him a couple of seasons ago, and now I think they're on coach number three of, of me doing the show. So they're trying to find something, and they have talent, but – this is, these are the games that you lose when you make that huge comeback to get back in the lead, and then you lose it again at the end of the game. It, it's just it's one of those ones that stings for quite a quite a while. Yeah, but at the same time, there was a lot of up and down just lead change from what I saw. I wasn't actually able to catch a game, but for what it seems, it's almost like there's like a half halfway to upper quartile of the armac where you could probably put Black Hills, Colorado Mesa, CSU, Pueblo, and South Dakota Mines, throw those four teams on a pull, I mean, like a little lottery thingy, shake them up, have those four teams face each other. You could just kind of get a barn burner. And that was just shows how back and forth this game was. Maybe later on, later down the season, we'll see how much that still holds is true. But it definitely felt like a very evenly matched game where Black Hills State in Colorado Mesa were just exchanging leads and yeah, special teams player of the week. The, the kicker definitely deserves that. Just being able to make those clutch field goals and they're exchanging those in the fourth quarter, but ultimately it was a slightly steadier game from Black Hill State when it comes to the play with Clarkson and Hassan Williams and even TJ Chikora and some of the other receivers pitching in and mm-hmm. the steady game of Nolan Susel this week where their offense was just a little bit more balanced, and that was which what led to the victory. And you get a turnover. Uh, both sides had turnovers, but when you are able to force that situation, you tend tend to have a better chance, especially late in games, to be able to take over. But as I'm looking at it here too, Gavin Herberg deserves a lot of praise for that Colorado Mesa attack. He uh, no turnovers for him. 249 yards, two touchdowns. Just like you said, wasn't as consistent from Colorado Mesa which is, I think, what's going to hurt them in their game coming up. We're not going to do a full preview, but they now turn around and have to go to Gunnison to play at KDO Rady Field, excuse me, up there on the mountain um, in the soccer stadium. And this is a Western team that continues to just really look good. It's not going to – it's not like you turn around now and, and maybe how it used to be in the early 2000s where you turn around and go, oh, phew, Western Colorado, awesome. Uh, that's who, who we have coming up on the schedule. This is going to be – Colorado Mesa tends to play decently in Gunnison and it's the soccer stadium. So I don't think you can necessarily count it as a home field advantage other than the change in elevation, but that's a tough matchup coming off of a really tough loss. Yeah. I found a doubt, but also I have to give one shout out to Jason tone for Colorado Mesa who recorded his fourth interception of the season where it came down to those crucial set of plays here and there where even on a black Hill state end, I believe it was a pick, from Dudos Quinones that really set them up to win this game. So good defensive play. You saw both of them make 
big time plays. Quinones, who was week one player of the week on the defensive side of the ball, Jason Tome coming up with that fourth interception himself. So you definitely saw some of those key players making key plays that really ultimately determine the outcome of this game. So yeah, love the against Western this week, but yeah, they're playmakers that are there. Keenan Brown on the offensive end of the ball and Jason Tome on the defensive end of the ball. Those main playmakers are making plays, even though this is still a team that's trying to figure out some offensive consistency and trying to build their way up. Their key players are making plays, though. They are making plays, and it's a young quarterback, which a good secondary normally likes to go against a young quarterback because they, they tend to make mistakes. Uh, Black Hills, we're going to talk about their game. They're another game of the week in the 138th Black Hills Brawl against South Dakota Mines. So it's playing in Spearfish this year. Um, really cool Division II rivalry up there in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Let's talk about this one. And I think the best way to set this game up, so I have the box score pulled up. I'm going to read every single scoring play in the time that it happened. So six minutes and 10 seconds left in the first quarter. Noah Roper, seven-yard touchdown run. Four minutes, 40 seconds left in the first quarter. Flynn Shiley, 40-yard touchdown pass from Matoka. Seven seconds remaining in the first quarter. 44-yard field goal. <clears throat> no time left. We finally get the uh, that, the one explosive play. So CSU Pueblo did have a kick return. Howard, uh, Howard Russell, 87 yards. He was able to uh, take that one back to the house. But then 32 seconds left in the second quarter, 24-7. Jaden Healy, that's the, th- that's the pick six that Rev said he turned the game off afterward third quarter 13 minutes 46 seconds landon walker 67 yard touchdown run 11 minutes 28 seconds left in the third quarter stevie kroll has a 38 yard touchdown run that i can't remember if it was i don't know if it was designed or not this is where things get ugly fourth quarter 1454 left max mcclode 25 yard touchdown pass uh seven and a half minutes left flynn shyly second touchdown pass 19 yards this time from atoka and then you had another touchdown run from evan foster with one minute, 51 seconds left to bring the grand total. If you've been keeping up 55 to 14, um, you, you can, if you have the blue and red tinted glasses on, if you're listening to this out there in Thunderwolf country and, and you're a CSU Pueblo fan, uh, you can look at this as well. We were able to have some explosive plays against them. Stevie Kroll never runs for that long. And we had the kick return, so we, we're, we're right there. We can hang with them. And to that, I will tell you, you just gave up more points than you did in both games last season. Like the total points that Colorado Mines was able to score was more than they beat you by in both games last season, in the regular season and the playoffs. So you're not anywhere right now. I would say you're taking two, three, four steps back from where you were as a program. One in three on the season after opening up with a decent win, but we said there were holes. That right side of the Pueblo offensive line, that's a hole. And you have Jaden Healy on the other side on the Colorado Mines defense. Yes, I will take that matchup. I, I'm sure you watch Monday Night Football. It was just like when that backup tackle went in against Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson went, oh, yeah. That's just, ooh, slim pickings. And I I, sw- I guarantee you in Golden this week, they were sitting there watching film being like, that's the – Okay, we can do something here. We have exactly what we want. We are the the top dogs in this conference. This used to be the top team in the conference, and we're going to show why they're not even close. They can't even sniff us right now. Colorado Mines, every time they play CSU Pueblo, it's a statement, and they made 
another statement. It's four in a row now. They've beaten them four straight years. Yeah, I don't see the argument as to Pueblo being close here. More so, you just look on the other side of the ball and you see the guys that they have with Healy and Nolan Reeve there who have been accomplished basically their entire collegiate career. Like, that's where they need to be. That's a sign of what they need to build up to. Maybe if you're a Pueblo fan, you cross your fingers and hope that there's a rough quarterback transition next year once Matoka leaves. You know, once that graduating class, they have some trouble bringing some people up. But there's definitely a discrepancy in roster talent, even when you just take quarterback away. So they got a little ways to go here. You know, I still consider them to be an upper half of the of the RMAC type of team, but there's You're, a difference between that tier and where mine has been the past three years. Yeah. Well, they're lucky that we have Adams, Fort Lewis, New Mexico Highlands, uh, Shadron this year, all these teams that continually lose eight, nine, ten games a season. So that you're never going to drop below half because Pueblo, Pueblo is going to be Pueblo, and they're probably going to win five to six games, seven if they're they're really they really push it and they can turn some things around. I I had good feelings coming out of that loss at Grand Valley. I had good feelings about what they could possibly do because I did not expect the fight that they gave up at, up there in Allendale. But ever since, it's just been bad. Western dominated them. Mines dominated them. This weekend in Fort Lewis, I, it's a legitimate question. What if Fort Lewis ends their 1,000-plus day losing streak? So let's get into that because we're, now we're into our preview. We're going to make our preview and our picks. CSU Pueblo, 1-3 on the season, going up. They went out to Durango. I got the scoop from my sister. Uh, somebody in the hotel that they were trying to stay at passed out in the bathtub flooded half the hotel so they have only quarter of the rooms that they thought they were going to have so they're bunking up they're sleeping on air mattresses they're in a very small very interesting mountain town i will say durango's a cool town it's not like i don't like it i just don't like to drive out there um it's a legitimate question can the skyhawks it's been october 5th 2019 was the last time we could say the fort lewis skyhawks have won a football game do they get to say that again this weekend after uh, hosting the CSU Pueblo Thunderwolves. Rev, go ahead. What, what you got for this one? Um, honestly, you just have to look at the rushing totals and the way that Fort Lewis has given things up on the ground here. Like They're starting to build some type of respectable offense here. I'm trying to remember the quarterback's name, Braden Wingle. Like, they have respectable a respectable passing game. Though it's erratic, plenty of picks being thrown there. But – they could get things moving on the offensive side of the ball to at least make Pueblo maybe scratch their heads in the first half wondering what's going on. But when you look at a team that's giving up over 220 rushing yards a game, and it's actually Howard Russell, not Russell Howard, who was like the lone one of the lone bright points of that Pueblo offense last week. And the way Fort Lewis gives things up on the ground, I think – Pueblo's going to be able to chew up clock. Maybe it's a get-right game for Chance Fuller as well. But with the way they get things up on the ground, I just think Pueblo has another chance – or Pueblo has a chance here to perhaps raise that average when it comes to just how much Fort Lewis has given up on the ground. And they're not going to have enough possessions to do things. So it's a get-right game for CSU Pueblo. I, I would assume that's what a lot of people, especially if you're you're an RMAC football fan, I assume that's what people are thinking. But here's what I'll tell you. Uh, Fort Lewis put together 
the best quarter that we've seen from them in in three years, three, four years, four years now. I can do math, I promise. I'm a geography teacher, but I can do math. Man, uh, they man, scored two touchdowns. <laughs> math, uh, math kicks my ass most days, but they scored two touchdowns in the second quarter. They put two drives together back to back. Um, you have to think, just like based on the law of averages, the law of the universe, at some point it is going to flip. I thought it could be against some of the NAIA schools that they – scheduled but looking at their schedule we we talked about it william jewel kicked the shit out of them 42 to 6 arizona christian 40 49 25 mexico highland 31 17 now you're here against adams state you go to alamosa and you lose 24 20 25 24 this is probably the most confident you've been since this streak started uh, it's a it's a wounded pueblo team you have a wounded thunderwolf I don't know what that what that's gonna gonna mean. I don't know if they can turn it around for one week. I don't know if Fort Lewis plays the game of their life because, damn, wouldn't it be nice to snap that streak at home? Wouldn't that imagine the catharsis on that campus for all the athletes that are in that program? Some of them, I I, I have to assume they've had people there for the entirety of the losing streak. Like think of think of the feeling. You, if you're a coaching staff, if you're a coach on the on the Skyhawk staff, push that. Because at this point, what do you got to lose? I, I, I'm notorious for saying hope is not a strategy. Right now, employ any strategy that you got. If hope is all you have for Fort Lewis, hope. Say that this is going to be the best chance we have of beating them. Say that we beat them in the past. Tell, tell the stories of the teams that only won three games in a season, but one of those wins was CSU Pueblo and the feeling that those guys yeah. have. You have all of that. Like Play the psychology up to this point because that's your – one X factor because I think CSU Pueblo is down. I think that they're probably looking past you because this is supposed to be a game that they win. This is your best shot to to end this streak. This is the best shot that I think I've given you in quite some time. That being said, I don't think that they're going to do it. I, I'm not going to be. This wouldn't be a team that I picked for Fort Lewis to upset, but it is there. I will say it is there. You play at noon in Durango. Weird shit happens in Durango. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I don't know if you're on the trip, but that was where Eckler, we put him back at punt returner because we're like, oh, who's the one guy that's not going to drop a punt return? Austin Eckler. And then he dropped the punt return and it was <laughs> catching kicks from Garrett for 45 minutes after practice every day, even though we never had him do it again. Weird stuff happens in Durango. So it, it, I wish I could get out there. It's an eight-hour drive and I got my own game to coach in, but that's going to be a cool – it could be a, end up being a cool story. Yeah, it's, it'll be cool if something like that could happen. I mean, if you take the context away from the situation, it'd be funny to see fans storming the field after beating a one and three football team. But yeah. when you consider where Fort Lewis has uh -oh. been over the last however many years in this losing streak, it's very well justified, especially also take into account the team that Pueblo usually is. Though they have history. They yeah, they've been Pueblo a couple times when they weren't supposed to. But yeah, it's one of those things where you you coach I mean the coaches gotta, you know, get that fire lit up within them, you know, like hammer the point home. Like Pueblo's looking at you guys as a get right bounce back game. As if you're just kind of a stepping stone on the schedule. You rally them up. Take risks when you can. Make things messy. Go for it on fourth down. Maybe every once in a while, just to get them on their toes. Hey, start the game off with the, with an outside kick like the Broncos did against the Raiders. Who knows? Just like take some risks. Maybe maybe the dice rolls in your favor, and that changes the overall probabilities of what can happen in the game. This is why I wish so. In the the school series, 
it's 28 to uh, seven for CSU Pueblo. But this is where I wish I had the editing skills because I would put over the top of what you were just saying, the uh, water boy, the last game of the year, Brent can't hold anything back now. Cause at this point, every game for Fort Lewis, I think could be the last game that they have football at the school because you're just, the morale at campus is so low at this point. And there's small school anyways, the football program never really made any money. Last game of the year, Brent can't hold anything back now. He might as well try something. Might as well put it all out there. Like if you got a trick play left in the trip in the playbook that you haven't ran at the end of this game, that's a wasted opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Like like you said, this could be their last opportunity. You never know. They could be in a graveyard next to Humboldt State next week. You never know. So hey. and Humboldt was a, a program on the rise when they got cut. Yeah, they were. They were playoff contenders. What a shame, but hey, at least they got Alex Kappa out to the league, and now he's offensive lineman on your team, so hey. It looked good. It looked decent. <laughs> Look, he didn't get Cordell Volson got his ass kicked by Aaron Donald, but I will say Alex That's Kappa, a weak leak on the O-line, no doubt. I remember that first game of last season, though. Cam Hayward had a field day with him. <laughs> yeah, he, he last year he was a rookie, so I, I will give him that. I wish he was playing a little bit better this year. I listened to so many of the insider for the Bengals podcast. He's six. He's like six, four. He's 340 pounds. And he, he has like 8% body fat. He's like legit, almost all muscle at 330 pounds. So I don't know how Aaron Donald at 280 pounds was pushing him eight yards in the backfield, but he is a physical specimen. I didn't realize he was, he was that well put together. Um, you're picking CSU Pueblo. I'm picking CSU Pueblo. This is our first rivalry game that we really get to pick. And it has a name too, the Black Hills Brawl. I, I don't. I, I'm sure you feel similarly because we have a lot of the same feelings on a lot of the sports that we like. There's nothing like a college football rivalry game, especially one that has a name or a trophy attached to it. Whether you're playing in it, whether you're watching it. Uh, two weekends ago, watched one of he played with my youngest brother, but Nico Markiel came in and, and was the quarterback for West Virginia to finish out the ba- the backyard brawl against Pitt, and that was a wild game. The Black Hills Brawl, it's the 138th time that these two schools out in the middle of Podunk, nowhere, South Dakota. I don't don't even know if there's a real city in South Dakota. I think they just put it up as you drive in, and then they take it down as people leave. But this is a big deal for the state, and this is a big deal. You – Rivalry games, you throw out the record books anyways. South Dakota Mines is coming in 2-2, and Black Hills 3-1. and We talked about Black Hills' big win last week. As a rival – as a team that has a, a lower – A, you want to win for standings-wise, but wouldn't it be nice to be the thorn in the side of the of your in-state rival, the reason that they don't start the season 4-1? and Because 3-2 and two and 4-1 and one at that point of the season look totally different. I was I still say if they're 4-1, and one, they may be looking at a possible end of the playoff spot if they can continue. But if you go 3-2, and two, I think that vanishes right away unless – everything falls apart at the top and you do end up winning the conference, but black Hills, this is big for them, but South Dakota mines is big because you, you never want your in-state rival to do something good. Yeah. Remind me, do you know who won last year? I believe it was black Hills. So I can get that. I can look that up really quick. I have to look at it. Like I'm almost certain it was black Hills, but I'm not fully sure. However, I don't know anything South Dakota Mines coming off that heartbreaking loss to Colorado Mesa is going to have a chip on their shoulder. Also going on the road to Black Hill State. But I think they're they're going to be on a mission. And I like them. I don't know if you could necessarily call it a big-time upset, but definitely, like, they have some balanced offense for themselves. You know, we talked about Jaden Johansson here, the transfer, Jalen Fry in the running game, who's pitched in. And 
looking at the box or looking at the box statistics, they got Ben Nolan who, you know, he's averaging nearly 100 receiving yards per game and has seven touchdowns. So as balance of Black Hill State's offense is, South Dakota Mines is still the explosive offense that we've been talking about. Yeah, defensively, they have some lapses, but I think they have the offensive game to really potentially put some pressure on this Black Hills, Black Hills State who's going to be playing at home here. Think about it for the Hard Rockers, too. Three and two looks a lot better than two and three. Two and three, you're at the same point as you always are. You, we talk about South Dakota Mines the first two weeks every season because they have some wild shootout that nobody expects, and, and their offense is always really good. But this is a game where you can put yourself back. I think both of us said that week two of the season, they could possibly be in this spot to challenge Western. Maybe they give Colorado Mines a game in the Engineer Bowl. Uh, this is this is a shot for them to put themselves back into the conference title picture and to really make it hard for your in-state rival to do anything very significant. Last year, uh, the Black Hill Black Hills did win in Rapid City. It was twenty-four to seventeen, so only by a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> I don't have the records, so let's see. South Dakota Mines going into that game was one, two, three, four. Oh, they beat South Dakota Mines beat Western last year. Like they did, yeah. What the and not by twenty eight explosivity thing there, where perhaps Western as sound of as a team as they are, they aren't necessarily. I think they're built to to play games and like win kind of uglier, closer matchups. Well, yeah. Drew Nash looked good last week, but generally Western's built to be a team that wins those closely competitive matchups where if you have an offense that could get on you, score points in a heartbeat like South Dakota Mines, I don't know if they're as well built to go 40 or go 40 for 40 with another team. Yeah, and I'm thinking about it too. We've had a couple, like that one, I think it was Case's first season, they came to Gunnison. A, we got food poisoning from our cafeteria. So everybody was like, I burped in the nose guard's face. And he literally went, oh, I was like, dude, I can't. I, I, I would normally not do that, but I can't help it. And I think Tim Tim nearly shit his pants that night in the dorm room. Because <laughs> that was when he and I were roommates. But they yeah. came in. We were like, this could be our second win. Wouldn't it be great to get two wins instead of just one? And then they came in to Gunnison and beat us. And I was like, I looked up at the scoreboard. I was like, what the hell? Like, they didn't do anything, right? Oh, it's all the explosive plays. Yeah, we had a little second-half surge and make things somewhat competitive. It was the last game of the year, senior game. But, yeah, ultimately, yeah, we didn't have we didn't have the offensive firepower to match them in that game, and it's kind of one of those things there. But, yeah, as for this matchup, I really – you know, you can't sleep on South Dakota Mines, even though Black Hill State's on the on a hot streak. I think it's going to be a very back and forth because they're going to give things up defensively. But I really, I'm, I really think I'm going to pull with South Dakota Miser to pull off a very close but high scoring. I can see this being something like you know 52 to 48 or you know one of those really high scoring matchups where I think Miser just pulls it off. This could be the second week in a row because I'm pretty sure I predicted. It, I don't. I know I didn't predict 25 23 because I I don't even know how they scored 25 points, but I did predict it to be within a field goal. So this might be the second week in a row where we have a little bit of fortune telling with the the scores. I guess I'll ride with Black Hills. And, and I have trouble saying that because the year that they were recruiting me was the year they were coming off 0-11. And, and, and I never got any other look at them. Like, 
they, they came out to the high school, talked to me, said that, you know, fill out our application, fill out our questionnaire. I got in like everybody with a pulse gets into black Hills. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And it would have been better financially because it's like $6,000 cheaper a year to go to school up in South Dakota at black Hills than it did to go even in state. But I don't know. Uh, the coach is like, yeah, we'll talk, we'll be in touch. And then crickets never heard from him, but I guess Probably I'll pull from there one recruit at that position and just decided to kick you to the wayside. But yeah. You know how the world of recruiting goes. I wish I would have gone there because we went, we ate at their cafeteria. I used to love like, Oh yes, we get to go up. Oh, and it wasn't, yeah, that cafeteria wasn't half bad. I remember that 2017 trip. Well, yeah. when we actually did eat there, like it's not, it's not half bad. You kind of like, just look like enemy. You just kind of look like enemy troopers just walking into the cafeteria. All the rest of the students were there. So, yeah, <laughs> no, it was weird. And then I saw somebody that I went to Heritage, my first high school, with. Like, I was, holy shit! Yeah, you go here. Oh, that's cool. I didn't expect to see you, but uh, South Dakota trips always meant pizza ranch. You had to stop at a pizza ranch. Oh yeah, you were probably going to get to eat at the good cafeteria in the Armac and. I love Colorado, and I think that there's some places that you can't beat the views, but those campuses, the the untouched territory, I don't know if you, you may or may not feel the same way, but for me, like, I was, I'm a Yellowstone fan. I like the cowboy shit, and standing up on their campus, you can, like, look out, see the forest from where you're standing. I was like, I kind of wish they might have. I kind of wish they might have given, given me more of a look. I, I would have made it work. I wanted to go out of state when I was a senior in high school. Uh, I have Black Hills. You have South Dakota Mines. We uh, both picked Pueblo in our two games that we're making predictions for. What were you going to say? No, so I don't know how much – I don't know if your pops are going to approve of what you were saying there. Like, hey, he was going to change your mind. He's going to be a mountain no matter he's what. He's in Nebraska <laughs> with the youngest one right now. He's not here. And, and he doesn't listen to my podcast, so my mom would have to snitch on me. And and you know my mom. She's loyal. <laughs> she needs to get stitches. She ain't saying nothing. Um, <clears throat> no, he knows because – it, it, it just it, it made sense at the time. I was like, "Damn, this is the first school that said they were going to be interested." And then, chirp, 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 chirp. Oh, really? You don't have you're zero and eleven. You don't have room for one more. I'll jump on the Titanic for you. I know you hit the iceberg. Let me join, please. Let me join. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's run down the schedule for Week Five so that if anybody, I know that we don't touch on all the games every week, but. If you're a fan of one of the schools that we haven't talked about or just talked about briefly, CSU Pueblo Fort Lewis is going to start things off. Uh, they're at the same time as Colorado Mines and Shadron, but they're in Durango, 12 p.m. noon. It's going to be streamed on the RMAC network. So uh, if you have a fire stick, if you just look, at, look up the schedule on your phone, they normally have a link. You'll be able to watch that one. Colorado Mines hosting Shadron State. Game also starts at noon. That one's being played in Golden. Um, Shadron last week, let's see. Got pounded by Western. So this week they're going to turn around, probably come out to Golden. Unfortunately, uh, I, yeah, I, I have a game, so I won't be able to go. My cousin's the center. So it pains me to have to talk about Shadron the way that we do on this show. But, damn it, I wish I, – I had to struggle in my college football career. Dominic upstairs had to struggle in his college football career. I would like to have one person in my family that I can look at and say – he had no adversity. The team always performed up to the level that they needed to be. And right now my cousin is just sitting there like we blew 14-point lead against right. Angelo State when they were a top 25 team. We have underperformed for my last four years of eligibility. I got the extra year of COVID, came back, and and it's just the same thing. Like I, I know that he enjoys himself. I know that he loves being a Shadron Eagle, and, and their fan base is strong. But, like, 
I, I'm going to speak up because I hate that my family has to go through this and my family's probably going to be out there to see Colorado Mines whoop the shit out of Shadron State, just like how they used to come out and watch Colorado Mines whoop the shit out of us. Yeah, that's definitely – yeah, that must be a sad living. Also, just – I know you remember those drives of Shadron, Nebraska, just a whole lot of nothing but flat plains. Not a, You know, probably nothing fun to do in Shadron, but they used to have a good winning tradition. We talked about last week when, you know, Coach Baines came from there, Coach Hour came from there, Coach McClain was – you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's he the records as a QB yeah. over there. Yeah. I think he still holds he holds a couple of the records. The quarterback that they had when we were playing broke like two of them, but McLean has like the win record. He was mm-hmm. voted all eagle like four years in a row. McLean was wasn't he there the for Duke. wasn't he there during the Danny Woodhead days? I think he, I he was young that. during it, so it would have been like us with Eckler, but yeah, he was mm-hmm. it, it was that time where Shadron was Armat contender and possible playoff contender. And, I mean, Denny Woodhead built the field that they have at their stadium. But here's the interesting fact. Gunnison, population-wise, is the smallest city. Well, like, affluency-wise, like, it's weird social studies, nerd GDP stuff, but the the town of Gunnison does better with less people than the town of Shadron, Nebraska does with a little bit more people. So, technically, Shadron is the smallest city in the RMAC, even though Gunnison has, like, a 1,000 less people. It feels like the smallest city in the RMAC when you drive through it. Yeah, no, my my cousin, when we went out there the last time, my cousin was taking my sister out to dinner because we were in meetings and my sister had free time. And he was like, so there's two restaurants. She goes, there's no McDonald's? Nope, no McDonald's. There's two restaurants that are still open. Where do you want to go? Do you want chicken or do you want chicken fried steak? And she was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I guess that's where we are. Um Shout out to all the, if you're still listening in Chattering and you, you haven't slammed your phone to the ground, uh, <laughs> shout out to all you listeners. Sorry, One I'm real sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's not my fault. You're, you're doing this to yourself. New Mexico Highlands, Adam State kicks off 1 p.m. in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Cowboys hosting the Grizzlies. Grizzlies coming off the one point victory over Fort Lewis. Highlands last week lost to South Dakota Mines 42 to 7. So they're looking for a bounce back. It's the second week of a homestand, so you you want to at least get one out of those two because next week they are going on the road to South Dakota. That's a long trip for them. So you know they're going to be playing hard for this one. It, weird weird stuff happens in New Mexico Highlands too. I, I feel like we went out there and dominated, and we also went out there and kind of got punched in the mouth and surprised a couple times. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, there are some games where Highlands had a couple of dudes on defense. I remember they had that one transfer from Ventura, the – I think it was like number fifty-five, the dude with the dreads. Who? Oh, that look. was the year that on was like, dude, these guys suck. None of these guys. And then we watched. I don't remember. Well, the year with Coach John, the thing is, they always have like these transfers and these bounce backs. The year with Coach John, they had that linebacker number thirty, who I think he, I don't know if he left Fresno State or got kicked off. The linebacker just like with the R, like he had like R's twice the size of Alex Weber, which is out there just like anchoring the center at linebacker. Yeah. And, then, and, then, that, yeah. and that's funny too, because we also played against Adams who they had a linebacker that initially committed to CU in the 2012 class, but did a stint in four years in prison. Yeah. And then they got a bounce back attempted manslaughter with a brick. I was like, well, uh, yeah. I, I was a fre- I was a true freshman at the time. 18, just barely shaving my face. And I was like, please, God, do not let us get up by enough against Adams to go. I'm not going against a 30-year-old felon. 
No, thank you. My That's goodness. not what I signed up for. Man, that game is like the Juco transfer bowl when it comes to Adam Stavers and Highlands. That's a Juco bowl right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, they should do – if you want the real uh, – what do they call that damn show? Now I'm drawing a blank. Last Chance U. Last Chance U. Let's yeah. let's get let's look at this Adams New Mexico Highlands rivalry. See the see the amount of turnover that they have every year. Uh, the next one o'clock game, Western Colorado hosting Colorado Mesa. Uh, Mesa is making the two hour drive southwest to Grant to uh, Gunnison. Going to play at Katie O'Reilly Field. Um, Going to be a good one. That's obviously a big rivalry. We were part of the the team that finally broke the curse of winning in uh, Grand Junction, but now we don't have to worry about that. They're coming up to our place. Then we finally round out the weekend, 6 p.m. start time on the RMAC network as well. All the games that we talked about are on the RMAC network. Uh, South Dakota Mines, Black Hills State, 138th Black Hills Brawl. And uh, that's going to be, we said, it's probably going to be a shootout. There's probably going to be a lot of offense. So if the D1 games are boring, because I think there's a few ranked matchups, but not a ton. If the D1 games are boring, why not check out Black Hills versus South Dakota Mines? Turn that on. I, if you're on YouTube TV or you, you get the multi-view, put it on your phone. That's what I do. It, normally, D1 football gets the TV. D2 football gets my phone. But I normally pay more f- attention to my phone than, than the TV. I'm a Gen Zer that way. I don't know about you, Rev. Well, yeah, I'll definitely plug in a uh, – well, I'll plug in a D2 game on my phone. Like, if, you know, things get interesting and it picks up, that Mesa and Western game will definitely just get a view out of me because during our time there, even though, like, yeah, we have the Colorado Classic with Adams, for some reason just it felt more personal, like, our rivalry with Mesa. Like, it's not an official rivalry. You don't play for, for a trophy, but something about that one just felt more personal. I don't know if it's just, like, the players there or just also the fan base. There's something that just feels extremely arrogant about the fan base. Yeah, and that stadium, I – let's see. Uh, it's not it's not in Grand Junction, but that stadium, like, Stalker Stadium, I loved playing there because I knew my dad had played so many games there, but, like, it sucks as a, the away team. Because the band is on our side. Why the hell is the band on? That was like going up to Humboldt. They put the band on our sideline. I know why they do it, but that's – I don't know. It, I, yes, I agree with you. They were probably the team I, I I don't ever – I would never turn down a shot at beating Adams, but during our time there, Mesa was definitely like a pain in the ass. Like we should be able to compete with these guys. Why the hell are we always losing? And then winning in Grand Junction, that was like that was the best. That that senior season, looking back on it, obviously for me, there's a couple of things that I would have rather gone differently. But like the time that I had during that last year, the coach was you know better than than what I came in with. I wasn't getting cursed out on a daily basis. I love the guys. I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff on campus, so it wasn't like I didn't have time to fill up my free time. I would have liked to play more, but it was it was a it was a cool 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 spot. Um, enough, enough reminiscing, enough, enough wool gathering. Let's look at the standings for the RMAC going into week five. Colorado Mines, Western Colorado, the only two undefeated teams left in the RMAC. Damn, that feels good to say. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, 4-0 both on the season. Black Hills coming in at 3-1. and That's your top three right now. Adams sitting there tied with Colorado Mason, New Mexico Highlands, and South Dakota Mines. 2-2 two two overall, 1-1 one one in the conference. Then rounding the bottom three out. Shadron 0-2 in the RMAC, 1-3 overall. Pueblo 0-2 in the RMAC, 1-3 overall. Fort Lewis sitting out there 0-2, 0-4. Have not won a game since 2019. I wish it was 1984 so I could have could have finished the rhyme there, but 
that's what your standings look like at, at this point in the season. We said this is where people start to separate. We can still have a little bit of movement. Um, I love the way the top looks. I know that you do too. Yeah, man. Just stop the counters. Leave it right there. Take us into take the a, playoffs. Take We're a screenshot. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. Top two teams in the RMAC right now are both ranked in the top 25, and I think maybe even in the top 20. It, I, I haven't looked it up. I'd have to pull yeah, it up. Yeah, they earned that one. And, yeah, there are some teams in there. Like, you know, we, we'll see what happens when we play the South Dakota teams. But the way that we play Pueblo and the way that we handled them in that game, 30-14, to 14, I like our chances against those teams. But, of course, you don't want to let your guard down with some of these offenses that are in the RMAC. Let's see. I got the D2Football.com rankings pulled up. Mine's is still um, number two. Even though Fair State did lose last week, I'd, I'd be interested to see who they lost to. Western Colorado did move up. So they were 20, I think 20th or 21st last week. They are now 17th in the D2Football.com rankings. Uh, top 25 bid at this point, even if they do lose, I would love to see them upset uh, Mace or Mines especially because it's going to be in Golden and I'm going to be able to be there. We've already oh, talked yeah. about it. We're probably both yeah. going to be at the game. Um, oh, it would be awesome if they were able to pull out the upset. But even if they don't, right now yeah. they're sitting pretty for a playoff spot. Yeah, I went to the game two years ago and I went into overtime. Like, that was down to the wire. Like, yeah. we pulled that upset off this time, then, yeah, let's, we go, was, let's storm their field. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the game uh, the year before. So we beat them um, when they had the Harlan Hill finalists my true freshman year. But my recruiting trip, I came to the game since I knew they were going to be in Golden. I watched the game the year before. Where so was the game Garrett we won e. in 2015. Right? Yes, the, 20, yeah. the one where we're coming off the worst comeback, suffered the worst comeback loss in Division II football history <laughs> against Adams that, that week before. My dad was talking to Don, who is the head athletic trainer, who had been the head athletic trainer for since time began, basically. And he's like, damn, these guys just don't have any grit to them. I don't know how today's going to go because we just gave up. Like, you guys would have kicked the shit out of each other in the locker room if you guys would have given up that many points after being ahead by that much. And then we, I watched them. <clears throat> My parents had to leave a little bit early. I stayed for the rest of the game. Like, thing we've talked about it. RMAC football is wild. College football itself is wild. D2 football is crazy. I I hope we're out there for two undefeated teams locking horns and seeing who's able to come out on top. Yeah, because that was the same the same scenario two years ago, both undefeated. You know, hopefully the cards play that way. We'll, literally a month from now, we'll be talking about that game. But you know, the RMAC is like you said, unpredictable. You know, maybe one of these teams will move up. You know, it's hard to see Pueblo staying as their second or third worst team in the RMAC. Like, there's going to be some. Shit, there's some things are going to be shaking up here, but yeah, let's just cross our fingers and hope that you know the same stakes are going to be on the line once Western and Mines plays. I may break out the jersey that I still have if I go to that game. Why not? I'm skinny. Well, bring out the number. I'll be on my number seventy-seven. I'm going to be hanging it up on the wall right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I I got my seventy-three. It's in our storage closet right now. The you have the white one, or did you get a different color? I got the white one too. So oh, yeah, we both maybe got that's the white. what maybe that's what we got to do. Um, that, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Hopefully everybody's enjoying uh, themselves for the weekend. A, RMAC football, all the college football that you're going to be able to watch. Uh, we're glad that we're able to talk about it a little bit with you all. Be sure to follow at FEOTB Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel that you're watching on live if you're catching us live or follow us on the podcasting platform that you're listening to the replay on. Uh, follow Rev at Rev Coca. 
Uh, anything else? Uh, you said you didn't have anything new coming out. Are we possibly going to get you on on talking the grid iron, or you got to work this this week? Uh, oh no, that I'm coming on. Like once yeah. I get off work, all that coming in. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, work's been pretty hectic at the moment. Just you know, dealing with people going in and out of employment. Like, I had I had an article like prepared for like focal points between Pittsburgh for Pittsburgh this week against the Houston Texans. I don't know if I'm gonna release or put it out, but I'll I'll be on the show on Sunday. You'll catch me. Uh, it's gonna be fun. I, I don't know who else. Darren. Darren's the one who sets everything up. It's nice because I just kind of have to be there and I get to be a co-host of the show. But I'm sure he'll have somebody else coming on. And if the 49ers don't lose at some point, Brian's becoming so insufferable. Like, he, it's the worst. He deserves it. it. <laughs> he, he does. He does yeah, I guess man. he doesn't deserve it. They played the NFC Championship with no quarterback. But I, I wouldn't lie to you if I haven't been hoping that somebody comes around from the blind side and just tattoos Brock Purdy. And then Brian has to go on that show one time and be like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous because right now it's just Modelo's and smiles for him. That's all he's oh, doing. Yeah, well, well, that's what Jonathan Gannon and the Arizona Cardinals are going to You know, that's what they're planning to do this week. You know, they got a bunch of tough guys. You know, they take the bus as Jonathan has. <laughs> you, did you see that pre yeah. the, the or the little no, clip before the season? Like, which of you guys, how many of you guys took the bus here? I just try to see how tough you guys are. Like, yeah, they're all good. They go. They're not taking a plane flight. You know, they're it's not an easy flight. game like we, we had thought at the beginning of the season. That's for sure. I, there's a lot that we'll talk about on Talking the Gridiron. I was listening to uh, Schlereth's podcast that he does, so he's able to be unfiltered. He was telling the story of watching the Broncos game because obviously they just got uh, 70 put up on us. <laughs> but, you know, first time since 1967 that that happened. But he's, he's telling the story. He's like, I'm sitting there. The plane is delayed coming home from the game that I was calling, and I'm watching the film. I have my headphones on. I'm not thinking anything of it. Then all of a sudden, Tua's first incompletion comes midway through the third quarter, and the DB gets up, wags his finger. And I'll, I don't even realize. I just go, are you fucking shitting me? And the guy's like, he, he Shelly goes, everybody thought I was talking about the delay. He's like, no, no, it's just the Broncos. It's just the Broncos. That's a, but there's a lot that we're going to talk about on Talking Gridiron. And check that out Sunday night. Check out Sunday Scary, Sunday morning um, on the same YouTube feed and also on the at FEOTB pod feed. I'm going to be talking about school, everything, getting you caught up. That's it. Once every other week, we did release a new episode of the podcast yesterday, which is available both on this channel, Variety Sports Network, and any podcasting platform that you listen to. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm about out of my words for the week. So, Reb, it was a good episode. I'm looking forward to meeting you up, meeting up with you in Golden. It's been a while since we were able to meet up in person, but we'll be at the Western Colorado, Colorado Mines game. Other than that, everybody enjoy a great D2 football weekend. Rev, what do you got for the people? Uh, a lot. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the football, man. Just, hey, it's a very short season. It goes by like that. So, hey, enjoy while you got it. I'm going to be a couch potato as soon as I get off this workshop on Saturday. I know you're going to do the same once you – after you're done with your games and your teaching duties. So, yeah, best time of the year. Enjoy it. Everybody have a good weekend. We will see you guys next time.